0: At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. And of course, as always, we have plenty of rational thoughts on our show. We're going to have a good one today. My gosh, I'm excited to have our guest on. Um, The resume is as diverse as Forrest Gump, although he's much smarter than that. Um, Chris is a, uh, he knows each person has a gift, a talent, expertise, right? He lets that shine through what he does. Matter of fact, his first entrepreneurial endeavor was as a wildlife educator and studio exotic animal trainer. Yes, folks, he, is laying, he has trained lions and tigers and bears on oh my and his favorite and search, <coughs> favorite of course, search and rescue dogs. So in other businesses, um, he's been licensed by the US military, all five branches, and numerous universities as well. Uh, when the pandemic came, he quickly created a thing called Passer 2.0, where he combined his years of sales, marketing, branding for Nike and Under Armour, uh, curriculum binding for the Los Angeles Zoo High School, and he began focusing on launching and coaching the sacred space and other community leaders online. Uh, from there, he has worked, uh, began to work with more and more gifted, passionate, industry leading professionals who want to create their own signature group coaching programs the greatest legacy possible uh, we're to do the creation of launch your life's work which is his, his signature thing his current program and i'm really excited to hear more about myself is called the author launch pad uh, he helps authors and experts package launch and scale their businesses for what we want right we want more income impact and influence so he's married lives in long beach and he's not coaching speaking, or supporting clients he's either with his son golfing working out running cycling with his wife or as you'll tell us I met. Just came back from Glacier National Park, my favorite spot. So, without further ado, let's welcome to the show, Mr. Chris Tremel. Chris, how are you today? I am great, Doug.
1: Thank you for that extraordinary introduction. Well, I well, want you wrote it, man. Time.
0: You wrote it. Yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> Listen, uh, we want to give people a reason to stick around today. I understand we're going to talk about all the things that people think they should do to, to launch and promote their book, and most of them are doing it wrong. They are Doug and we're going to set them straight today. So this is a very important show. If you're an author, you're going to become an author, want to be an author. Don't, I mean, the content's important, but if you have a strategic way to launch it and campaign it and get it in the, in the hearts and minds of your audience, they're going to be in sad shape. So Chris, before we get into your super secret sauce on the author's launch pad, I want to hear more about how you got into that. You got this great thing with animals and all that stuff. How did you get into helping the authors?
1: Yeah, really great. And thank you. You know, um, what I appreciate most when I hear my biography back to me, and this Mm -hmm. will get into how I got into authors is sometimes we don't give ourselves credit for the circuitous circuitous journey that some of us take in life. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the things inside of my journey, I've, I've been a track and field coach for almost 25 years. Uh, I was the curriculum writer for the Los Angeles Zoo High School, the science department to be exact. And that was about 15 years. And then, you know, um, I did sales for uh, Nike and Under Armour when there was an opportunity for me to take my track and field background and to now leverage and create a territory uh, here in Southern California. Right. So what I saw for myself is that there was three main tools that I used and that was clipboard, chalkboard, and keyboard, right? Yeah. The clipboard is the tool of the, of the track coach who stands there, stopwatch in one hand, clipboard in the yeah. other, keeping track of performance. The chalkboard being how we teach, how we break down concepts and make them digestible for students so they could go on and graduate and do what they want to do in life. Yeah. And then lastly, it was the keyboard where I had to write the curriculums and so when the pandemic hit, I was able to look back, and this is to paraphrase all of it, and to say what were my skill sets? Well, they were in performance; they were in being able to create macrocycles and microcycles of how to perform and what you had to do when, what we call blueprints or frameworks. And then the third thing was, was that I was able to now take that branding and marketing aspect. So pandemic hits, instead of using books as the content I was going to teach from, it now became people's lives, people's mm-hmm. expertise, people's passions. and that is where initially it really started off with a, a mm-hmm. pastor why you mentioned pastor 2.0. I had an extraordinary pastor, one of these guys who transcended brand and essentially was do good, be good, speak good, leave good. And I say pastor, Come on, let's put your stuff online. No, I don't like that online.
0: That's, that's Buddhism, actually. Those, those, those are the eight precepts. But go ahead.
1: Yeah, very good, right? Like, and that's what I think the the holistic human dynamic is. Is we want when we talk about legacy later in this conversation, we talk about yeah. impact and influence. Mm-hmm. It really is, you know, that Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Are we being our best and highest purpose? And I was around these sacred space leaders who were really great. And the gift they gave me is they would use words like my mission, my life work, Mm -hmm. my purpose. It wasn't how do I become a better Facebook ads writer? How do I do more copywriting? How do I do a lot of the mechanical minutiae? They were Mm -hmm. clear that there was one message and that allowed me to quickly be able to distinguish that where we're all trying to reach is what is our life work? Not just what's my purpose? But I say life work is your purpose in action. Right. I love that. Right. Because you could have a Phillips screwdriver. You could have a flathead or a hammer. But until you use it to create something, there is no work that's being applied to your purpose. So yes, declare a purpose, but then put it into work. And that is your life work. So we'll unfold that too but you got me excited Doug you flicked the switch early in this yeah. conversation.
0: It reminds me of that famous quote "Um, are sa- ships are safe in a harbor but that's not what ships were built for you well, know so you know the hammer thing is a great analogy as well I, I like that um, so and as a matter of fact I, it's so coincidental I'm uh, as of this recording I've just completed my TEDx talk I'm actually doing it uh, in a week and a half but it's about the power of story mm. And how powerful stories have basically created civilization and created religions and shifted cultures and ended slavery and and stories created genocide too. I mean, a story is more powerful than AI ever will be. Yes. And, uh, you know, you can, uh, there'll probably be an article going with my ethics talk. Anyway, I digress. This is more about you. So you you I, you work at these sacred leaders, right? They're doing the, the sacred space stuff. Um, and then you help them launch their books? Or how did you actually make the transition and just say, Okay, I'm gonna take my skills as a curriculum guy. Yeah, talk about in a minute and apply it towards the author space.
1: Yeah, very good. So with the sacred space leaders, it was, you know, the part was was prior to the pandemic, it kept asking my pastor, let's move you online. Mm -hmm. And he's like, No, I don't want to go online. And a lot of them, you know, they're they're super talented introverts inside of their four walls. Mm -hmm. They're extraordinarily talented, passionate, when they're behind their pulpits. But the minute you got them online, um, it was a different mechanic and mindset. So Mm -hmm. moving them online when the pandemic hit really gave me the opportunity to look for their gift. What was their talent and how to Mm -hmm. highlight those gift talents and that light that they would shine Mm -hmm. and just focus on that. And then what made the transition to authors is some of my uh, sacred space leaders, had been authors. So then we would use different parts of their books. This is prior to me starting to really understand why I like working with authors. Yeah, It was, okay, let's take that lesson uh, from your book. And now let's actually turn it into a talk. And now let's add some worksheets behind it and add a workbook behind it. Mm -hmm. And let's start to generate some revenue around it. Yeah. That was the challenge for that group is that they're not, necessarily revenue driven. Yep. Yeah. And so as much as I love them, I had to find another group that had a little bit more hustle, a little bit more skin in the game and was willing to say, "Okay, what do I have to do to advertise myself? What do I have to do to expand my market reach? And Mm -hmm. that's where I started looking for authors because inside of their table of contents is usually a program written out and then you know, my skill set is still to read the book or read it along with them and to listen to where the inflections Mm -hmm. of influence are, to listen where passion comes out and I could convert it to platform. So the the natural move was to go to speakers like yourself, Mm -hmm. persons that have this deep knowledge and expertise, or they've written a book and then just do what I've done before, which is, OK, what are the main things that people need from the solutions that you have in your book? How are we going to turn that into a coaching program? Mm-hmm. And then after you do some data iterations at a coaching program, then create your online program, create your online course.
0: Yeah, right. Don't do a course in a silo. So that sort of leads me into the, the big question the today. Like, OK, so when I see people launch a book and they talk about it, I'm like, OK, yeah, congratulations, you launched a book. I'm proud of you. And then um, the book is out, and I've seen the message, and I'm kind of done with it. Either I ordered the book or I didn't. And what happens to that author is like, okay, well, I got my social media database, my email database. I can only promote this book maybe for a week. After that, people are like, okay, I get it. Stop and get over yourself. <laughs> and I see that a lot for people just promote, promote, promote themselves. Yeah. And you can only talk about yourself until you get annoying, I guess. So that's what I see. That's my opinion of what people, a lot of people are doing it ineffectively. And they don't know why they're yeah. some more than a couple of books. So um, I love what you said about the, the timeline, right? So you don't start with the course. You start with the purpose and intention and what you're really going to do here, what your story is. So tell us more about the author launch pad, what you guys do specifically to help authors launch their book and make it successful
1: for themselves. Awesome. Thank you for asking, Doug. Yeah. And you, know, you, you pointed to a really excellent illustration with your boat in the harbor analogy. I think that's where a book on a shelf is very similar to a boat in a harbor.
0: Yep.
1: That's great. There's a lot of knowledge in that book, but until someone brings it to life, until someone uses it for what it was designed for, and actually implements and integrates what that knowledge is or what the purpose is it's it's just
0: another feel good it's just another nice observation mm-hmm. yeah i know and i looked at the, uh, you know visiting a friend's house you know a couple of years ago i think and i'm looking at his bookshelf and, oh that's a cool one i pull it out and i did this by accident but i'm like i turned it like sideways holding the spine in my hand and i'm looking at it and, like it's never been opened Oh, you can tell by turning it down. Like, oh, there, if the ones that were dog-eared or highlighted or kind of weathered, ah, oh, that's a book that's got some something to it. Yes.
1: Kind of yeah. So um, why, how I got into it. You you yeah. asked some really great things and I'm, I'll stay on track. I get excited sometimes, Doug, when you say certain things. Okay, um, we got 18 minutes left. Okay, great. Then I'm going to narrow this down quick. Simply, I help authors monetize their expertise nice mm-hmm. bottom line mm-hmm. now how i do that is as you read earlier i have a program called the author launch pad where mm-hmm. i help them package launch and scale that knowledge and expertise found within their books
0: mm-hmm.
1: most people let's go with the first phase package most people don't know what their message is because they've or, Authors have spent so much time building the muscles inside of a silo. They don't know which one to start with. What is my core message? Mm -hmm. Or if they do have an idea of what it is, they're either not confident that that's what it should be, or two, it is a very long message that hasn't been distilled down to I help authors launch their expertise.
0: Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. I, as you know, we we are ghostwriting and publishing company. And <clears throat> I was talking to a guy this morning about his book. And I got some good ideas. I said, those are great ideas. Um, they probably should work. He's like, probably. I'm like, well, what I do is I treat every book like a manufacturing company would treat a brand new product. We got to make the prototype. <clears throat> we got to have a focus group. We got to beta test this thing yeah. before you put a lot of resources into manufacturing it. Cause you know, manufacturing, they spend, you know, they can spend a half a million dollars on a, on a particular mold. Um, if that product is no good, they got to make another one. So the prototype is in our case, I'll just tell you how we do it. But we, uh, we take a person's idea and we create a dozen covers. We split test those and poll people and do surveys and narrow down that all important. Like, what is this saying? Is it, is it a hook? Is it curious? Is it answering a question? And then we'll take that to a focus group with the actual potential readers and get their feedback on it. You know, why did you like that font? What color made sense to you? Um, so it's a lot of fun. We also do Amazon um, competitive analysis, which mm. I think you, I think I talked about last time. But we, um, yes. we do uh, three-star reviews. We, we actually we ignore every single one-star review out there. They're just angry people. And we ignore five-star reviews. It's usually somebody's mother. But a three-star review, and I've read these myself and my, my team collates them all. This gives great, great feedback. The people mm-hmm. always say what they like. They generally say what they didn't like. And mm-hmm. oftentimes they'll say what they were expecting, what they would have liked to have read or consumed. Yes, And that kind of data, man, we pull 100 of those and put into a pie chart, collate it, and deliver it to our clients so that when it comes time to actually write that book and create the marketing message, we know what the audience is What they like what they don't like and we don't make those mistakes like everybody else and we try to serve what people are saying so you're on you're on the on on the right track there about taking a you know maybe a little slow path to getting that curriculum built and i got to tell you one more thing and you i want you to expand on this point because i i've seen a lot of people myself included i'll take the chapter titles do a quick video make a curriculum out of it create a workbook ask some questions a lot of blank pages there's my thousand dollar product, right? And it, it's it looks good, it works. Yeah. But I'm telling you, I don't have you know decades of experience with curriculum and formal teaching and knowing what how to because it's different between selling and teaching, right? I mean, all these people out there selling their books, marketing themselves. Teaching's different, it is try to create curiosity and interest in another person to have them open their brains and come to you. So I'm gonna let you talk for a minute about how your curriculum design, I'm assuming, is like 10 times better than what people do on what they see on the internet. So tell us about how you design a curriculum. I wanna hear all about it. Well, I, um,
1: thank you, Doug. Yeah. I want your audience to know something that's really important for me to feature about you was that My strength, as you just described, is the world of performance Mm -hmm. and the world of actually integrating knowledge into action. Books are repositories of Mm -hmm. knowledge, but until they get opened up and turned into an action plan, a blueprint, Mm -hmm. a framework, a roadmap, they're just knowledge. And, you know, I know some of the purists do not like when I say that because. Um, A lot of people write books for the feelings, and I get it, Uh, but feelings haven't changed the world exactly. That's not true. Feelings have changed the world. It's the actions that we took from those feelings that have actually changed the world. It's Mm -hmm. the actions that we took. So here's where the, the curriculum part came in. I was seeing more and more talented authors write books mm-hmm. and they were colleagues first. And then they, they'd they come out from their silo and they'd be like, I wrote a book. I'm like, great. Where's your email list? How big wow. is your audience? How wow. many people have you communicated with? And the muscle that they built inside of these silos of work, which we all had to go through, are kind of the muscles of the introvert. So, part of my curriculum inside of package launch scale is in that scale phase we start to work on the muscles of the extrovert is to start to really why did you write this book yeah in action not just i want you to tell me the simon senek start with why which could have very profound reasons But the why that if I saw and it was measurable, that's the thing, Doug. Mm -hmm. Is it measurable? Is your book? Book sales aren't measurable for impact. They're measures of revenue. I want measures of impact. Did your knowledge actually shape and shift a life? And can you show me that? Can you tell me?
0: How do you do that with a monologue, right? And you had a book where you're it's it's shipped across the country across the world somebody reads it and they they think they feel maybe they take some action the author rarely knows about that rarely knows about that that's right unless they've got some tracking mechanisms or they know who read their book and have to ask them right i mean yeah that's the thing about amazon which i love amazon they're they're wonderful but man they're not sharing any data you don't know who you're who's buying your book from. you better you better have some other things going on there. Or you're going to be in the dark. right? Yeah, well, let's, let's just
1: take that Amazon. Here's, a, uh, I think, a highlight that you shared with your clients. And for everybody listening, look, Amazon is not going to give you the email address mm-hmm. of the people who buy your book. So you better have a QR code. You better have something that has people go back to your website from right. your book and has them opt in to one of your chapters, one of the work mm-hmm. sheets for your chapters, a uh a lesson, a video sales lesson, um, not video sales, that's a different landing page, a video lesson um, of one of those chapters because Mm -hmm. Amazon's not going to get it for you. So you could say, hey, I'm getting sales, which is great. You're getting your, I don't know, $4, maybe profit back. Maybe if you, I don't know, Doug, what's the max someone might be able to make off a $15 book? 10? It's so only about 50, 60 percent. So call it eight bucks,
0: my dad. Eight you know.
1: bucks. Okay, great. So in the in the hour that it's gonna take them to hustle to sell one book, I want them to sell one coaching program built off their book. So instead of eight dollars, they make $800. eight hundred dollars. Instead of selling fifteen dollars, they can make fifteen hundred dollars. And now uh-huh. what will that do for your marketing machine when you're starting to put additional revenue in there? Because right. Look, if there's anybody who's gonna be the biggest advocate for your book, is you. Yep. That's
0: right. So it's what you. are some of the best practices to do that? I've seen um I've seen a bunch of different people. Um one of our friends in the industry taught me this thing. It was so cool. He would put, you know, because a, a book is worth what, 15, 20 bucks. Audiobooks, um, when they first came out, they were more expensive, they were like, you know, $25 audiobook. They're yeah. probably less now. But when he first did it, he would say this is a great Amazon hack, folks. Um, he would put the QR code and the, and the link before the copyright notice, like on the very first page book. And here's what he said people do. I'm not sure if you do this when you look at books, Chris, but um, sometimes like, oh, it looks so cool. Let me go peek inside. And they preview the inside of the book. <laughs> exactly. He's getting leads without selling his book because people just go in there and then they go, oh, QR code. Get it. So there's, I mean, it's it's, it's kind of disingenuous to Amazon. There you go. That's at the, the back of the book.
1: This this is, now we've talked about my cover. So for those of you that want to come back for a cover oh, lesson with that. Doug, um, but Doug, this is on the second page of my book. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm I'm sure.
0: in here. You're right. Good deal. Good deal. Yeah.
1: yeah. So same thing. Put, yeah. put something in there
0: that moves them to your right. platform. Right. And make it super compelling. Like I said, at the time – The book is fifteen bucks. Your QR code should be something which is, you know, two, five, ten times more valuable than the book, yeah. Because as you know, people they rarely buy it for the product; they buy it for the bonuses, right? So if you set a really good bonus in there, um, it generally works works much better. What else have you do besides that? Well, um, you know, I
1: I just want to take what you say, and this is where uh, the paradigm shift is Mm -hmm. that people would buy for the bonuses and not the book. Yeah. Inside of my coaching. I believe that over time, people will buy for the access to the expert and the book knowledge because they know it gets them closer to the solutions that they need for their lives that are in that book because they now see, oh, that person has a program. Where's their book? And they stop buying for this small game of, uh, what are the bonuses? What mm-hmm. are my freebies? Right. And we start to move people back into how's yeah. it going to change my life? Who's going to give me the solutions? Not just for the minutiae, but really for the shift in mindset and for the momentum that's going to get me what I want in my mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. And that's a paradigm shift away from some of that traditional marketing, like which absolutely better. still yeah. works.
0: I like it better. You obviously, Yeah, both work, of course. Yeah. But you're, you're – um, your pro your style of that has a lot more legs to it because if people just buy for the bonuses they get excited and it's an emotional sale and like you and i both have things on my computer that were a bonus that I've never opened <laughs> right we all have things oh this is cool i get the where to go i don't know on my computer somewhere the high the endorphin rush is gone right i got my, exactly. I got my something, something free or cool and now it's over i'm good yeah so i like your idea of being more fundamental like here i'm going to help help you with your you know, because what's the expression you can use? Um, people don't buy information. They buy transformation. Yes. Right. Yes. You said about the, the um, getting access to the guy. Yeah, I can get, uh, uh, you know, we'll just use, a, you know, Grant Cardone's book, 10X. Okay, it was a good book. I liked it. I, I didn't care for him for many years. And I got his book. I'm like oh, I kind of like it now. Um, am I going to, you know, spend 20, 30 grand for access to him? Depends what my problem is. Right. right? If I think he can solve it, heck yeah. Yes. Because I've already tried on my own. And we can call, we can talk about coaching because, you know, christrammelcoaching.com is a great site where you can get things like that. You can go and look at his author launchpad there. Thank you. But having, having someone do it for you or guide you or, more importantly, avoid the landmines Yes. is uh, super valuable. I'm a big fan. I've had many coaches in my life. And consultants, and each each time has been a good thing. I
1: think that's you know. Thank you. I'm going to take that. I mean, we're going to put on my glasses now, Doug. So I, yeah. I sound more intellectual. I mean, not for
0: sure, yeah.
1: Uh, one of the things that I see, I would assert that many, and then now, let's to be clear, I work with nonfiction authors. If you're the next J.K. Rowling, C.S. Lewis, George Lucas, and you have a fiction book that is just Completely filled with the lessons of living well and living life. I'll work mm-hmm. with you, right? Yeah. But I don't do Harlequin and I don't do fantasy books. I work yeah. with nonfiction. Right. Um, most of my nonfiction experiences is that the authors have a little bit of an identity issue. Mm-hmm. And it is the identity of the issue that I am a writer and I am an author. Yes, yeah. you are but that does not generate impact and influence. And it doesn't allow people to integrate the information into their lives. There is a shift for especially this new world where we're we're becoming more digital. And as people are looking to pull back and still say, well, where's that personal connection inside of this digital world? The author has to have an element of coaching and yep. an element of being able to transform through coaching. Yep. A book in and of itself is not going to transform anybody.
0: Yeah. No. It
1: it's even good. when people say, well, "Well, let's let's take the Bible. Let's ta- I'm going to go as deep water right now. Go for it. On its own, it is a masterpiece of a collection of writings. Right. But it's only through the orders and the speakers yeah. and the persons who stand there on Sundays that bring it to life that it actually then begins right. to shape the cells and the thinking yeah. of
0: people and the Bible study connection and the community things you do at church afterwards the brunches and the lunches and stuff that's where yes uh, a connections is. you know I was on a, um, I was on a webinar yesterday with some AI stuff. And I'm, my TEDx talk is about AI versus stories. So I, Doug, I can't I, wait to hear it.
1: I told you I'd be ears for it before you hit that yeah. stage. I've got a few TEDx coaches. So, yeah. yes.
0: Good. I, I'm excited about it. And in this webinar, I'm looking at this guy who's a brilliant former physician, designed some really good AI software that combines everything. I mean, it's like your Swiss army knife of AI. It'll do images, writing, videos. And there, it does everything. It's one platform. Like This is really good. And the yeah. people in the webinar are going bananas for it. Oh, my God, this is going to be so good. I can get everything done instead of taking me eight hours to get done in eight minutes. Okay, that's great. And I'm watching these people get all excited. and like, man, I, I think maybe my age is starting to creep up because I remember <laughs> when it was cool to be a blogger. You know, it was like, right. you know, the word weblog, right, was the first thing for became blog. And as of last year, I looked it up. There's one blog for every seven people on the planet.
1: Oh my God! You know?
0: And it used to be cool to have a website. Wow, you got a website now. Anyone can have. It used to be cool to be on TV. Now anyone can have a TV station. They can stream. Everybody has a studio in their pocket. And when I see all the AI content coming on, it's going to get more and more prolific. I see danger, sadness, and opportunity. I see dangers. Everyone's going to be creating content. It's all going to be, you know, AI generated. Okay. That's nice. Um, opportunity. That makes you sad because everyone's, we're going through the same cycle of everyone can do something. Everyone can be something. Right. Um, but it's an opportunity because the connection, that's one thing that that's a totally human thing. And as of now, as of this date, right. AI is not going to connect with people. I mean, who really has a relationship with Siri, you know I mean? Unless you're making Japanese sex robots, there's really no relationship with AI. It's a, it's a tool, right? So I think that as this, it gets more and more popular, there's going to be a big rise in connection. I mean, our marketing for next year, we're focusing on going and meeting our clients in person that's going to cost a lot more money, but you know, we do, we do all right. So it's, um, it's important to have connection. And I think what you're talking about here with the curriculum, you also promote these guys doing like live things where they can have those dialogues and stuff too, not just videos.
1: Yeah. You know, going back to that, um, the, the coaching aspect is one of my coaches really is like, Hey, that know, like, and trust factor, right. you build it by going live. And mm-hmm. so all of my clients, I have a a sub program called Be Brave, Go Live, where I coach people not to be deer in headlights and I coach them to be articulate and to stay with one theme and to deliver one message. And I've just built that inside of the scale phase, which is how do you practice going live? And so you talk about those either aspects of your book or those themes that will lead back to your book so that people start to see you as an expert because you've got to be top of mind. We know that it's a saturated world now and you've got to be showing up often. You mentioned Grant Cardone and not long ago, first time, same thing. You know, Grant was just one of those edgy guys. But I read 10x Habits and it reorganized my cells about you got one life to live. You got to get out there and share what you got. You got to be omnipresent. But yep. people push back against that, Doug, because it requires an element of skin in the game that most people say, "I wrote a book, you go sell it for me." That's exactly. not skin in the game, because yeah. they know it's that crossing yeah. that threshold of the tip of the hierarchy of needs of self-actualization.
0: Yeah, yeah. We, um, you know, we have a good list of you know VIP clients, and we we charge a good penny to to go to write and publish a book for people and again this morning a guy asked me okay well I got a question it's a loaded question I know it but I gotta ask anyway but like what's the success rate and I said no oh, it's a hundred percent he's a and he, you know dramatic pause. it's a hundred percent if you if you put work into it you know you'll get some result from it if you put nothing into it you're gonna get a hundred percent of nothing It's just it's a hundred percent and it's just it's just funny I remember do you remember what's that one book? Uh, do you read the book, The One Thing? Yeah, right. Um, uh, you know, the Keller Williams guy and somebody else. I forget his name. Right, that's so, right. Um, a buddy in our industry uh, did an article on it, and he said when the book came out, good launch, course, course. He's you know Keller Williams, decent launch, and like most authors, then you know then nothing, nothing. Okay, I did my launch. Everybody who knows me <coughs> got the book or wanted it. <coughs> Excuse me. Now what? How do I campaign this? Yes, <coughs> one second. Sure,
1: uh, TV timeout right now while Doug's talking. If you'd like to <laughs> oh, find,
0: there
1: we go. Well,
0: <clears throat> the line I use from reading an article. He just read his own book. <coughs> he just did one thing, yeah, over and over again, which was media interviews, making yourself
1: <coughs> part of that omnipresent. Um, Go on podcast, well I got you Doug. Here's what I'm gonna share right now. Go on podcasts that are within the industry that you are trying to penetrate and you're trying to generate sales in. Go on their podcasts. like look at Doug and I, the part that I never got to say is, I call myself the AP guy. After publishing, I wanna work with you once you are about to publish your book and once you've published your book. I'm not a great book coach. Actually, I'm really good. I just don't invest my time there because I don't want to edit. I don't want to do those rewrites. I'm going to send you to BP experts like Doug. Those are the persons. I want you to go to the before publishing experts because if you look at how someone like Doug and myself work, we're like a relay team for all of you who could remember track and field in high school. Yep. Doug mm-hmm. runs one leg with you. I'm gonna pick you up and take you to the finish line of really having mm-hmm. your book exist in the world. Just because it was printed and published means it is tangibly yeah. in the world, but right. it doesn't exist and impact in the world until you bring the
0: content yeah. to life. It's one of the one, of, the, one of, the, reminds me of one of the worst movies in the world. Field of Dreams. If you build it, they will come. Ah, oh. liar. <laughs> it was a great movie. I'm joking. But yes. the message, if you build it, they will come. It's uh, you know, every marker's dream and, and every it's a nightmare. Because it was, like, obviously it didn't happen. It got
1: yeah. distorted, man. They used it the wrong way. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. It's a good movie. I'm just joking about that. Yes. So give us some, uh, before we uh, get uh, finish up here, give us some key takeaways. What are like three things someone can do? to launch their book or do it effectively or three mistakes they can make and avoid. Give me something. Okay, okay. great. Thank you for asking. So okay. uh, here's one I
1: would say is, well, I'm going to talk about the the AP part that after publishing right. and launching yourself as an author expert, that's really, I think where our nonfiction individuals want to, you know, I say there's, core human injuries. We want to be seen. We want to be heard. We want to be safe. We want to be acknowledged and we want to know our worth. Right. Everything is built inside of that. You could hear my behaviorist come out. I'm going to invite each and every listener here to start to go live, preferably on Mondays and start yeah. letting people know the content that you're going to be inside of your book and that's what you're going to start to go live about. So as you complete mm-hmm. one chapter, I want you to do a short summary and go live about that. And at the end, say, if this interested you, I invite you to sign up for my uh, coming soon book.
0: Right. <clears throat> start right.
1: to build your audience. Don't write the book in a silo without an audience. So there's mm-hmm. one. I want you to go live and I want you to cool. go live about the content of your book. Two. If it's the Rotary Club, if it's the Elks Club, if it's the Mooses, the Optimist, find the group that wants to hear you come and speak. Mm -hmm. Because you're going to start to listen for how does my audience respond in real time? And that's what you need to remember. And then go back and refine that chapter based on. What is the energy you get back from people? Doug, Uh, you could see I'm an introvert. I don't work on energy. No, wrong. I work on energy. uh, I work on being with people in rooms because that's what we are. We're social animals. We move in and out of space with others. So when you write in a silo, you're missing the energetic connection with another human being. And that's where I say get on a stage. And I don't care if the stage is 15 ladies at a women's
0: group. Start there. Yeah, I love it. So, that is really good. Um, go ahead. That's two. You have one more? Sorry. That's
1: two. The, the third one I'm, I'm yeah. going to offer is get in contact with Doug or get in contact with me because, mm-hmm. you know, Doug, I don't know about you, but even this morning uh, when I wake up, the the voice kicks in sometimes faster than our highest purpose kicks in. And mm-hmm. you got to have a coach. I mean, how many – Winning championship teams, and every author listening to this wants to be a winner with their book, didn't have a coach. None. But yet our adultness and our ego says, I'm fine. I'll do this on my own. Yeah. You won't win the game that you're playing. You will win the game that you're playing, which is called play without a coach. Just like you said earlier, you'll have a 100% success rate at that game. Yeah. But if you really want that tip, of that, you know, that hierarchy of needs, that real self-actualization. And I I have a a pyramid that I walk people through. Get a coach. Have someone who could see your performance because you're not just an author, writer. You are now going to move. If you really want impact, you have to move into the world of performance. And that is my biggest invitation. So the third part would be, please get a and I, I think this might be new, but an author performance coach, wow. not just the author coach, which is who's right. going to help you with the writing. That's Doug mm-hmm. author performance. What do you do with the writing after? That's mm-hmm. Chris. We yep. work together.
0: Yeah. Very, very good stuff. Yeah. It's uh the, the data on it is, it's kind of I uh, I don't know could like sad or whatnot, but I think I looked it up again um, when I was doing some marketing, uh, I think there's like 33 billion books new in total, right? That's a lot, you know, 33 billion. There's about 2 million new books every year, oh. every year, every year, 2 million new titles. Now people think, Oh, I'm an author now. I'm special. I'm like, yeah, you are because still the university of Michigan did a study. 81% of people think about writing a book, less than 1% do. So you're, you're unique but there's a lot more unique people out there who are publishing stuff. And I say this about publishing, yeah, self-publishing is kind of cool. It's a, it's the best and worst things ever happened. It's the best because I don't have to, you know, succumb to the man and tell him, oh, you're good enough to publish. I can do it on my own. Right. Well, it's good. It's it's good. Anybody can publish and it's horrible because anybody can publish. (laughs) Absolutely. it's, It's why it's important to have somebody can make the words work and then get in the hearts and minds of your audience. With extra content and multimedia stuff and courses, and most importantly, some results from your tutelage. Yes. So their lives improve and they can do the most important thing, which is share it with somebody else. You Absolutely. Know, who's a, what does Joe Rogan make? 100 million or something like that for his, his show? Something big number? Have you ever seen an ad for Joe Rogan? No. Not one. Not one. And now, that's that.
1: That's the omnipresence. And, you know, there's I think the big part about that is, you know, um, authenticity. Yeah. Uh, sure. he's, he's being who he is. Mm-hmm. And he's also. Um, he I, I want to say, I believe when I listen to him, he's a really smart guy, like, yeah, you know, smart. he's he's jock. He's extraordinarily talented inside of Mixed Martial Arts but he's learn a learned individual who appreciates bringing yeah. his knowledge forward and it's so mm-hmm. engaging and compelling right. and you know we go back inside of my circuitous journey there's not many people i can't hang with going from science going from spirituality oh. working with animals going you know and now with all the different authors that i read that oh. allows me to see oh you're best fit is probably going to be with this audience and right. your best fits going to be with this audience.
0: And now who do you get to be to have an impact on mm-hmm. that audience? Right. Right. My, my point on that is like, think about it. He's never run an ad that to my knowledge, maybe he has, but I haven't seen anything. And I didn't go looking for a podcast. I didn't go, let, mm. let me find something. Right. It was word of mouth for my son who kept bugging me to listen. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'm not going to do a two hour podcast. You crazy. You know, and then I listened to a couple of them like, well, this is really good stuff. Yeah. So It's word of mouth. And I'll leave on that, that there's um, a lot of things you can do to promote your message, your story, your book, and a lot of them work and to some degree, but the number one form of advertising people always say is word of mouth. Yeah. So what is your plan for that? Do you have a mechanism, a psychological mechanism inside your stuff to make it shareable? And that's a, that's a really good question to ask yourself before you go to launch your book, I think. so.
1: Very good. So yeah. uh, I have to remember that even though you and I see each other, you're yeah. not asking me that as much as you're asking the audience that. So I yeah. want you yeah. to, yeah. let's distill it down. You ask your audience the question. then I'm going to ask my question about that second. So Doug's yeah. question to you, audience listener, is
0: what psychological trigger do you have that's verified inside your copy your book your marketing that creates a viral share that creates that makes a person want to share it it's either going to be again go back to olympic brain avoiding pain or getting pleasure right what's it going to be pick one and make sure it's embedded in your copy so that people want to share it my son wanted me to share that podcast because it was about a topic that was near and dear to me so Doug, mm-hmm. yeah, you gotta listen to this thing like yeah, yeah. But he had to tell me two or three times repetition before I, I went ahead and did it. So it's gotta be shareable and you gotta understand why people share things. They share things because they wanna feel like they're important. Like I I, I found something, could, I got the cool video. I got I got the best cat video out there. Truck, watch this one, right? We like and share stuff for a multitude of reasons. But uh I think that's that's why I'll end on that. That's my answer to my own question. So <laughs> you go ahead and ask yours.
1: And, and my question for the audience listener is, all right, I'm going to give one that I give inside of the very beginning inside of a package. There's going to be a eulogy said about you at some point in time. What do you want them to say about you in that eulogy? And whatever you want them to say in that eulogy Reverse engineer it so that you're taking those actions now so that that is what gets said.
0: Yeah.
1: And And I know that's a big thought, but if you want people to say when the time comes, you were a great philanthropist, you changed communities, you gave back to the high school Mm -hmm. you went to, you sold more books and impacted more lives than anybody else inside of this industry, then there is work for you to do. And how do you get to reverse engineer it? Because it's yeah. not impossible. It's very possible.
0: You know, of all the goal setting objectives, things that we do, which are always like, well, that'd be nice. It's a wish, a dream. Yours is 100% going to happen. You know, <laughs> we are going to die. <laughs> there will most likely be a eulogy. We're not making this stuff up, folks. It's going to happen to all of us. So I think that's probably the best probably the best marketing goal setting advice I've ever heard, you know, is to write your own ULG, be serious about it. And if you want to get real serious, get one of those countdown timers to calculate your age and put it, you know, oh, I got 10,000 know, days left, whatever it is. So, yeah. Yeah. Doug,
1: thank you for that. You know, yeah, you said so- at the beginning, I went to Glacier National Park. One yeah. of my goals is, is, you know, uh, When my father passed away, he asked to be Mm -hmm. cremated. He loved national parks. I grew up knowing the back of the Sierra Nevada's in Yosemite like the back of my head. And I had a a little urn with me that Mm -hmm. I sprinkled some of my dad. But in the national parks, part of my philanthropy is is to go and do my life work and support national parks, is to be a donor and a philanthropist to the saving of the environment, to the saving of the ecosystem, to the best of my ability. Mm-hmm. But I can't do that in a silo if I'm hoping someone else sells and markets my books. That's I have right. to show up with the Doug Crows. I have to show up wherever I could show yeah. up for that to have an even have a chance to exist. So whatever you say, mm-hmm. that last day they say about you, you've got to reverse engineer it and be working on it today.
0: I love it. Hope you make uh, all your all your uh, clients write that out. That's a good one. Chris, uh, Chris, Chris Trammel with two L's coaching dot com. Check it out. And if you want to go to the author launchpad, the extension, the dash author dash launchpad. And you can learn more about what Chris does. He'll help you do a better job of making real money with your book and making sure your message is in alignment with your passion and values. So, Chris, thank you very much. Appreciate your time today. I
1: appreciate it, Doug. Thank you. And and for those guests that are here, uh, I I did want to make something to I'm gonna I, from this conversation. You've mm-hmm. totally inspired me. So if they go to theauthorlaunchpad.com oh, okay. uh, forward slash tal underscore gift, there will be a that same eulogy worksheet oh, okay. that I do with my clients. I will put that up. I, I don't think this will be up in the next 24 hours, but I yeah. will have that up within the next 24, 48. So by the time they go to the authorlaunchpad.com forward slash TAL underscore gift, that mm-hmm. exercise will be there so that we could transform no, more nonfiction authors into philanthropists and the difference
0: makers that's in their heart to be. They want to be. Absolutely. Chris, thank you so much for being on the show today. Appreciate it. Come back again sometime, would you? I absolutely will, Doug. Thank you so right. much. You bet. My pleasure. And that concludes our show for today in the Author your Brand Show. You're going to want to take notes. And if you didn't take notes, don't sweat it because click below here. Your show notes are there. Chris's website, his link, his free eulogy framework, all the everything you need. So subscribe, like, share, comment below. Appreciate you and have a great day. See you next time.